everybody, welcome to Smashing Game Time. We are three brothers that talk about gaming's back catalog of yesteryear. I'm your host, Nick. Jake and Josh are out this week. I have two special guests from Mega Wobble, the developers of Little Gator Game. I have Connor Patrick Quinn and Scott Slusher joining me today to talk about Little Gator Game and everything they have going on with it. Uh, it's a fun conversation. Before we get into all of that, though, as usual, we are a Trident Network podcast. Go check out our siblings. They are all awesome. Uh, listen to us wherever you get your podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google, some weird ones I've probably never even heard of. Go check us out over there. We're also on YouTube, where you probably see in my face right now if you are watching. I need a haircut. It's getting a little long over here. Just a little, just a little long. Even the headbands can't hold it up right right now. Uh, hey, fuck the algorithm. Tell a friend. That's right. Algorithms do not run it. Word of mouth is king here for the smashing game time bros uh so like i said jake and josh are back next week we're going to be playing we're going to be talking more about the director's cut of death stranding as we get further into the game this week i thought it was a great opportunity to have the crew from mega wobble over here uh, again that's connor patrick quinn the writer and art director of little gator game and then scott slusher the lead developer of little gator game uh, they recently had New Game Plus come out. They've also been adding a lot of content uh, throughout the past year. Game came out back in December, and it's been it's been a long, busy year for them. So we talk about that. We talk about you know just the concept of play and what that means to them. We also get a little bit into the Unity stuff. When we recorded on Wednesday, the Unity stuff was still very, very fresh with everybody. So we get a we get a pretty in depth talk about that as well. Uh, again, thanks to Connor and Scott for coming on the show. Really love talking with them. And I really love talking Legend of Zelda with Scott. I could do that for hours. Oh, and side note, I recorded on Zoom. I recorded this on Zoom. And it only recorded uh, the speaker view. It didn't do my gallery view like it usually does. So it's kicking in and out. So you're missing a lot of great uh, facial expressions from everybody. Because uh, I made everybody laugh the entire time. And now you don't get to see it because Zoom ruined it. But whatever. But uh, we, we adjusted, we accounted uh, for it now. Uh, it's not my normal pretty view that we have for these interviews, but we'll make do with what we've got. So hey, and without further ado, here is the full interview with Connor and Scott uh, on Little Gator Game. Enjoy. Hey everybody, I am joined here today by Connor Patrick Quinn, the writer and art director of Little Gator Game. I'm also joined by Scott Slusher, the lead developer of Little Gator Game. Guys, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us. Hey. Little Gator Game came out back in December. You guys have been very busy uh, since it came out. You've been adding stuff back in February, I believe. It was a speed run mode that you put in. Uh, mm -hmm. I actually watched one of those. It was very dizzying. And then you recently added New Game Plus as of, I want to say it was last week. It'll be two weeks by the time this comes out. But um, are you guys still adding stuff? Are you still putting more stuff into the game? We also added uh, four new languages to the game as well with the New Game Plus update. We added... French and German and Spanish and uh, Brazilian Portuguese. Are, are there are there more in the future that you are are planning for? For now, we just wanted to cover those big languages because that covers a lot of like pretty much all of the Western world to some extent. Like everyone seems to speak, you know, at least understand one of those five languages. Right. Right. So, so I. I'm really glad that you guys are here because Little Gator Game is one of my favorite games to come out in the last year. Uh, 
our goatee so which my brothers and i we do a game of the year halfway through the year and i really pushed for it because i knew a lot of people weren't going to be pushing for it at the end of the year i was like mm-hmm. no 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 we have to get this in um so my my question is since release how how have things been how is how has the reception been uh just overall the experience now that you guys are on the other side of it well the first thing that came to mind when you said are we adding things is that yeah they're, they're like the languages and the new game plus mode all that stuff like stuff that's actually in the game uh but a lot of what we've been working on has been out of the game like um we have uh plushy now and we have uh um there were a bunch of like marketing pushes i was helping out in and oh there it is Woo! i got so mine cute. up on the shelf over there and uh there's there's a lot of things that people are asking for that they will be delighted to know are coming but that we can't say are coming mm. until they've come um and so those things are down the line and if people really liked the game got a lot of like a lot a lot of positive feedback on it and it was it was wonderful it was overwhelming a lot of people said the same thing you did we're like we gotta get this into some kind of a game of the year thing which is wonderful very sweet um but like since before the game was finished we have talked about ideas that we haven't gotten to yet so i am not i won't shoot myself in the foot by promising anything right now but there's an awful lot left that we would like to do mm. yeah yeah uh <laughs> we 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 have things we've been toying with uh, to an extent a lot of the post-launch work has just been like the response was overwhelming and <laughs> a little too overwhelming uh for me i guess and so a lot of it was just recuperating from from launch uh more or less like we we put out that speed run update pretty early on but then after that it, it was a little bit of it's been a bit of a adjustment period i guess adjusting from pre-launch to post-launch has been uh, a bit of a challenge for us in general it's so, almost it's coming up on being a year and i don't feel like i've taken a vacation after little gator game launched like I, I you know i i just like i oh i had some me days and i just played video games all day but that's i mean it's there's still stuff to do you know there's still stuff going on so you led into my next question perfectly uh since you guys put the game out and you you say there's still more that you want to do more that you want to get into. And you just mentioned having played games since the release. Has there anything, is there anything that you've played where you're like, man, I really love to get something like that into the game. Like, are you like, Oh, let's get a 20 sided die roll in there. Or, hey, let's, let's <laughs> add a spaceship. <laughs> I mean, right off the bat, let's just tear this bandaid off. We released little Gator game knowing that tears of the kingdom was going to be down the line and tears of the kingdom has now come out and there are certain things that we were toying with before tears of the kingdom came out that we kind of saw in tears of the kingdom obviously you can't like like what a ridiculously large game 
Mm-hmm. Like you can't walk away not being impacted by some part of that. But I think, um, yeah, so yeah, definitely that's going to have an impact. But personally, I saw things in games that I would put in other games. I saw things that would give me ideas for uh, games down the line. Whereas things like, because what what have been the big releases? Yeah, like D20, so like Baldur's Gate, not, I mean, like, in terms of being an adventure, sure, but... uh, (laughs) The dialogue system, the dialogue system in Baldur's Gate is fantastic. Oh, yeah? Man, do we not have the budget for that at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let, let, I, uh, I'm sure we can, uh, what's the word, tick off everybody by deciding Little Gator's voice actor. Yeah, right. That's not what they sounded like. (laughs) No, no, that's not the voice I heard in my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what what else has come out? Uh, I mean, oh, Star- I'll tell you something oh, that I play. can I like just shout somebody out? Yeah, do it. We'd love there's it. this really there's this uh, com- web comic artist name. Uh, the name of the comic is Death Bulge, and the creator released a video game called Death Bulge: Battle of the Bands, which has a really unique RPG combat system. Um, it's kind of turn-based. I'd, I'd be here for hours explaining it to you, but like that idea of the way that he just completely changed turn-based combat and how engaging it was up until the end of the game, just playing something like that makes you kind of want to go like, like I want to, I want to make something for that. I want to make something like with that or about that or like what a cool experience i just had so yeah people making games inspiring other people who make games to make games what about you scott any any games out there that you played recently well came out this this year has been a blur (laughs) tears of the kingdom (laughs) came out obviously obviously gator game itself is very inspired by breath of the wild so tears of the kingdom uh, brings forth a bunch of different new open world concepts that we that I would like to uh you know shrink down into a much smaller scope thing if if possible uh, it, it's 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 hard with these even as a small game developer obviously you're still playing all those big game releases that come out every year mm-hmm. so Seeing, you know, like I said before, Baldur's Gate 3 came out and me and my me and my husband Robin have been playing it together. And and it's it's really good. It's really impressive, all the stuff they've done with like the writing and the dialogue system as well, having to make an extremely basic dialogue system for Gator game. I I understand the complexity and just making a thing where people talk at each other feel good and they've done really really well with that but you just look at all these big expensive systems and you're like i'd like to have that (laughs) but but uh, we're we are just but three people (laughs) yeah you you actually led into like three different questions perfectly. So I'm going to take the one that will probably be harder to get back into. So you, you mentioned the dialogue and these are, these are all kids conversing with each other on a, on a day at the park, basically. And uh, I've, I read that both of you have theater arts background. Uh, my, my question, my question is what, 
and you know not not to disparage anybody else but like when there are kid characters and some things you're just like oh that's is that what that person thinks a kid sounds like how did you guys land on you know just the the voice the voices of each of these kids i mean i mean there are so many of them and they each sound different each sound unique and they each all sound like kids not adults writing kids how did you how did you what was the writing process like for that uh the so I've, I've talked about this on podcasts before but the i do have a theater arts background and i've also run a lot run a lot of dungeons and dragons mm-hmm. and both of those require you to make a person sound real um and there's it's it's uh it's kind of a study right because like kids will use words that adults won't adults will use words that kids won't they'll use them in a certain order and it's not like uh you know i i didn't go interview a hundred kids or anything i i just like kind of had that intuition built up already uh i've had a younger brother i've i've been around kids and um just do a pretty good job of putting that kind of information away Uh, i've spent a lot of my life observing people um and so the people talk differently (laughs) I'm, i'm sort of drawing a blank but that's that's basically what it boils down to is that if you okay i found something something that happens in a lot of video games that i see is the game designer wants to say something and so they just say it but a kid said this happens in tears of the kingdom actually there's like a little kid and he's like hey buddy do you want to play spies and and you're like yeah kid i want to play spies he's like okay but i can only do it if you get a photograph of a very rare apple that is in the northern region of the and they talk like every other npc because that's just like it's more important to the design that in Tears of the Kingdom, like for whatever reason, it was more important to the design of the people who were making that game that anytime someone tells you about a location, they also tell you the cardinal direction and they also tell you if it's nearby and you just get a lot of information. And that's not, that's not how kids sound. They, kids find circuitous routes to things or sometimes very straightforward routes to things. And, um, Sometimes they are not going to say something that you think is important. And so um, I can think of a couple of examples where it was about, like, I knew what I wanted to say, but the character wasn't saying it. They couldn't say it. And so I had to go back to the beginning and find another route to get there. Yeah. Just staying true to the voice of what a character would say. Don't, Don't let yourself get tempted to uh you know fall into your own speaking quirks or make it need to say something it'll get there if you let it for for me uh kids specifically with like kids in media they're often written a very specific way where it's you know it's talking down to kids and i think we all approached this the, the the whole story the whole game like we all are like we obviously don't want to talk down to kids we want to treat all the characters as valid as as peers and and i 
I've always really liked media that does that. I grew up on, I'm, <laughs> I was force feeding Robin uh, some Arthur the other day, just <laughs> just because he never grew up on that. He, he grew up like reading some of the books, but I wanted to show him some of the episodes and they never, even in that, which is a PBS kids show, they don't belittle the kids. They allow them to have emotional intelligence to strive to communicate to each other, to go through... Like, there's one episode that's like an exploration of trauma for all the kids. Bluey, yeah, Bluey had an episode like that recently, too. Yeah. I, I love Bluey. I just finished watching through the whole thing. I, oh, it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's wonderful. I, I cry more than I don't. <laughs> Absolutely. Now that I have but, two of my own. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. But yeah, Scott's nailing it. it. It's just like a lot of people approach child as an archetype of character, and they're just little people. They, they, like, they don't know to not say things sometimes, and so they say things, and that's basically the only difference. And other than that, there are cool kids, there are quiet kids, there are happy kids, there are silly kids it's and so you know I I, I I love that because i last night i went and played some new game plus i updated the game and i got uh, in some new game plus and um i was i was speed running through just trying to trying to find some of the some of the characters that like were like in my memory but i was like mm, who what is this oh that's duke that's squonking at me the entire time but uh i love what you said because that's little gator in a nutshell they uh approach uh approach i believe the horse's name is henry uh, martin 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 i'm sorry i don't know where henry, henry came the horse <laughs> <laughs> but approaches martin and martin uh is with his cool friends and his code switching at that point and little gator just doesn't have that filter uh it feels weird calling him little gator because i just call him croc ironically in my in my games but uh yeah so I, I really I really do love that. Um, talking about play, uh, I mean, at the core, this game is about playing. This game is about getting into any kind of trouble that you can. It's about blowing the the bubble gum bubble and then hitting the ragdoll button and seeing what kind of mess you can get into. Mm. Uh, I bring that up. How do you guys define play? What like when someone asks you, "Hey, what is play? What is what is your what is your answer?" I could talk about it, but I think this is a Scott question because he's the reason that you get to bubble gum into the air and ragdoll down. He's the man behind most of the, I mean, all of the mechanics and the gameplay and, oh, why does shielding, like, can you cancel this out of this? And take it away, buddy. Such a big question. What is play? <laughs> oh, man. There's like textbook answers, you know, like <laughs> actually there's, go ahead. There's textbook answers, but I, it's not like I ever, I didn't go to school for like game design or anything. So all I know is just what my instincts tell me. And in so many games, the play is often not for fun it's for difficulty or it's for progressing a story or it's 
for continuing to play the game in some cases. And, you know, every game has its own sort of archetypes of enjoyment. But I wanted to approach Gator Game specifically with this, like, play for play's sake mindset where I, I wanted to make sure that if there was something in the game that I thought would be fun to play with, I wanted to make sure that it could be in the game. Like, there's no reason for there to be a ragdoll item in the game other than because I knew it would be fun and because I had fun messing around with it in the editor. And so I it, 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 it definitely produced a bunch of bugs we had to accommodate for, but... I think it's worth it in the end because of that moment that I get to see whenever I see anyone playing the game and they get the ragdoll for the first time and they activate it and they just go. <laughs> and and you get to see the look on their face and they're like, oh, this doesn't serve a purpose. It's just here because it's stupid. <laughs> and I think I think there's I, I think there's a space in the industry for games like that that are just there for play's sake. And I think and and I think that I was motivated to pursue that because of the subject matter, because it's kids playing make-believe, it's kids making their own fun. And so I wanted to make sure the game itself channeled that. I wanted to make sure the game itself gave you some tools to make your own fun out of it and and so you have like a camera and you can take you can position yourself in silly ways and get some funny little camera angles so that you can use the ragdoll and, and, and do whatever you, there's like a little paint gun and you can spray paint all over people you know i i i think if we had more time <laughs> i might have added more silly elements like that that you could have more fun with but uh i i but that's what at least the type of play that i was trying to channel with gator game was was this sort of naive childlike play like a lot of people have said like this transported me back to childhood in terms of like that sort of mind space. And I think a lot of that is due to Connor's excellent writing, but I, I, I have to also say that, that it's partially due to being able to intermingle that with the play of the game where it's a lot of it's pointless. A lot of it has no purpose. And I think there's a beauty in that kind of game design. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that because it's no limit no limitations play like people think like you have to play within the certain set of rules but if you remove the rules and you're just playing like yes you may be you may be a king you may be a king at the top of a castle but the game could easily change into oh well hey now we're in space and we're space cowboys running from the law and I love that. Uh, with that, with with that in mind, was there anything during the development that you were that was in the game, and you're like, you know, like, yeah, this is here, but this just doesn't really match what we're going for. This feels like more work for the player. 
cut content. Um, we included most of the stuff. That <laughs> yeah, we made. like da- down to the down to the end there. While I was trying to fill out the island with NPCs for a while, I was making original models for mm-hmm. for every character, um, which was very contrary to Scott's original design of a much smaller scaled game where there were going to be you know so many horses and so many dogs and then i came in and said and there's a pomeranian and there's a, a, a ostrich and there's an owl and there's a so uh, <laughs> so yeah we we used oh you know what there was uh something you were working on that we didn't use um before scott was working on a sticky hand he was he there was this ball there was this big heavy ball and the idea was that you would throw it and then kind of ragdoll behind it. Like you would hammer throw the ball and then Thor fly, I think. But yeah, it's it was this it was this big heavy ball with like a ton of mass. Like it was it was like so dense, it was like solid lead or something. I just ramped up the mass value in Unity and it was attached to you with a rope until so you would just throw it. And then when that rope got taut, it would just drag you along behind it. And you could use it to sort of get a bit of the horizontal sort of momentum. But I, it's it's a little out there, I guess. For It was basically like a sillier version of the ragdoll. And then eventually he he got the grappling hook to work the way that he Mm -hmm. wanted it to. So yeah, the, the sticky hand was almost cut content. The sticky hand could have easily been cut content. Uh, that one was the hardest thing to implement. The 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 the, the ragdoll did not like being attached to like a stretchy, springy thing. Mm. And it, mm. I thought you guys it, were going to tell me that like, oh hey, that we we overscoped the thing. There was a third island. <laughs> we, there's a third island that we had to uh, cut the whole yeah. thing <laughs> yeah, like if you look at this pixel at this angle you can see no they uh i i guess we we did a pretty dang good job of um scrubbing all that out in the design process mm-hmm. if there was something that was going to get cut it was when we were talking about it and uh you know like the um the the prologue slash uh tutorial island mm-hmm. oh the nightmare what's that called flashback, flashback. The, the flashback area had some changes to it but i mean that's just the process of something being what it is it, it didn't get cut or anything like that oh one more thing i can think of um <laughs> there's a song in in that i really love to use because it's beautiful and it's in all the trailers and it didn't it didn't make it in. And I know where I would put it now, but we we got game's already out. So yeah, I, mean, I I still wouldn't mind, but we'll see. Uh well, yeah, it sounds like you're still contemplating. So I don't wanna I don't wanna tell you or ask you where because you might still be thinking about it. But is it would it hurt anybody to say, Scott? No, I mean it's the trailer oh. song. Yeah, it's it's the trailer song, and at one point, um, I I really wanted it to be like. Um, so so there's there's all sorts of stuff with like, where when you go in this area, the music zone changes, and there's like different variants of each song. 
mm-hmm. but something that we do with the credits is the song keeps playing after the credits are done until the song is over and then it picks up on whatever zone you're actually supposed to be hearing so what i where i would put that song is right as gator stands up and you can finally go to the big island that's where it would go bum 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 and then it would keep playing until and then that would be the one time in the game it appears I need to go yeah. back and listen to it. I need to go back to the trailer and listen to that song because I, I, I have a soft spot for trailer songs that don't get put in the game. Mm-hmm. I, I go back to the, like the first Titanfall and I'm like, this is a great song. Mm-hmm. Nowhere in the game. Uh, no, so, the, the motifs from the song are in the game. Yeah, gotcha, like the, gotcha. the ideas from the song were we designed it so that it would like link in with like the playground theme as well and and the the credits and the 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 main menu music and all that stuff sort of share uh the same motifs but yeah it just didn't make it in i agree with connor if we did some sort of you know maybe if we release dlc sometime in the future and it coincides with like a general polish pass it might get included there or something but that that'd be awesome <laughs> was- do a do a director's cut do a director's cut yeah, we'll do, do a director's cut. And you know what? We're going to put in that third island for you, Nick. Third island, here we Don't come. Don't you worry so, about it. Funny, we were just talking about compromise and you know the things that didn't make the cut. Uh, as, I, as I was playing the game and being an older sibling, I, I related a lot to Lil Sis not being able to play, uh, Lil Gator co- trying to compromise with her and get her playing. And you know, I thought a lot about you know how like some friend groups have like the glue the glue of the friend yeah. group that like keeps everybody like if little gator's not there then these friends over here aren't all getting together uh and that was something i saw in uh big I'm, i think i called her little sis earlier but big sis uh you know working on a college project i think it was a group project if i remember correctly uh yeah. there's a line in there about that and so you know i'm, I'm just looking at i was looking at it and i was kind of reading it as like the importance of the glue of the group the importance of someone who brings everybody together uh, but did you guys did you guys have a different re- like reading on it going into it or were you like no no the glue it's the glue <laughs> uh i kind of did but i have to confess that um i i can take credit for a lot of the side characters but scott already had a pretty strong vision of the core cast mm-hmm. Uh, before I joined the project and I, I, you know, I made my little tweaks and everything, but uh, do you want, I, I, I have something to say, Scott, would you like to chime in at all? Go ahead. Okay. Um, so that is what the game is saying. Basically it's kind of saying that like Gator is showing up and, and getting these guys to, but one of the things, I don't know if this is something I would have wanted to put in, but something I wanted the opportunity to communicate was, you know, Avery and Jill hanging out and Martin and Avery hanging out or whatever. And the closest I got to that was the the sort of cameos that each character has in the other character's main quest line. Like you text Jill during Avery's, you uh, Avery shows up during Jill's. Um, Martin's kind of his own cameo. Uh, so it didn't, it's not a perfect triangle, but, um, yeah, I, I, and another thing, one of the last things that we, that I asked Scott to do rather, I didn't do it 
is the one of the last things that I asked Scott to do was um, make it so that when a main quest is over, certain side characters show up at the hub area because I I don't want it to feel like yes that the the thing about like a, a glue person totally true in real life but like that's one aspect of real life that I would leave out you know I I, I want it to be known that these kids are running around and interacting it with interacting with each other and I want people to get excited and and think about all the interesting combinations that would make we've got some of them in the photographs that roll with the credits if you look it's like weird combinations of characters hanging out over a certain interest um so yeah I I think that's sort of what the game does but if I had infinite time and infinite patience I I would want like Martin and Avery to talk about cartoons or or something like that yeah in in my head i feel like like gator might be the like the person that maybe gets everyone together in that group but i feel like maybe martin has the most emotional intelligence of the group and is the one that actually keeps them together there does have to be someone who actually invites everyone out to do something but um, actually, have you completed the game 100%, Nick? I have. So you... I, it made me cry because uh, right around the time I finished it, someone uh, said to me, hey, pick up your kid as much as you can because you never know when the last time you're going to pick them up is. And so I kind of related that to the game. Like, man, you never know the last time you're going to play with this friend or that friend. So yeah, yeah, I had a whole thing with it. <laughs> that that was my like one, that, for those who don't aware. You, once you complete a hundred percent, you do get a nice little treat. You get a little scene, and that scene I used as an opportunity to. Well, Gator's going this way, but Jill Martin and Tom, yeah, Jill Martin and Tom are going that way. There, that that was my one sort of chance to be like, yeah, these guys are friends, and uh, yeah, Gator's the one who got him out there and up and running in the first place. But they they like each other too. It's it's definitely something that we want to explore more of whenever we have a chance to is it's like more of an intermingling of the friend groups like allowing the characters to have a lot more of an organic sort of friend dynamic where it's just like oh these two are on like vibe together we'll just pair them off and let them just hang out over there and then like oh Martin like you know in in Gator game we have this very compartmentalized friend group system just for the sake of the main quests being organized cleanly and that did lead to a little bit of very simplistic uh friend group dynamics and i tried to break it up in the playground but there's no dialogue so you know it's it's just th that that's this is my last thought on it is in a video game you you're the main character and you talk to everybody, but you don't really see other people talking to each other. And I would like at any opportunity to get away from that because that's not, that's not how it is. And that kind of makes it feel like a game when you feel like you're the only person that has influence over anything. Uh, so that's my thoughts on that. To be fair, I don't think, I don't think, uh, 
Starfield has that either, you guys. So <laughs> you don't think Starfield has characters talking to each? Yeah, no, never, never. <laughs> no, just the, the ridiculous people like reading reviews and like latching their lives onto those reviews. Uh, so actually, I want to. Uh, this is a follow up question to another question I saw in another interview that you guys did. Oh sure. So the the influence of Zelda is all over this thing from the way it plays like Breath of the Wild. It looks like Wind Waker. I saw that you guys specifically mentioned Oracle of Ages and Seasons as an influence to this game. Why why those Capcom Nintendo games? Well, for me personally, the Oracle games were kind of my first Zelda games. It, it, when you when you grow up around games, your first game is always a very nebulous idea because it's like I had access to Link to the Past in my grandma's basement. Mm-hmm. I had access to Ocarina of Time emulators, <laughs> but there wasn't any actual Zelda game that I like played all the way through until those Oracle games. And there's something about those Oracle games where it's really strangely open-ended and it, it, it kind of, it's weird. There's different kinds of freedom, aren't there? Because we're in a we're in a world now with Breath of the Wild and with Tears of the Kingdom, obviously, which is like huge open-ended Zelda games. For a while, we were living in the world of linear Zelda games, you know? And of those, the there were games like I love it to death, but Twilight Princess, where it's just like you go here and then you go here, and then you go here, and then you go here, and it always is just telling you where to go. With the Oracle games, it tells you the general direction that you need to go, but it then just kind of expects you to stumble your way to where you need to be. And I think that like stumbling around is something that I wanted to channel in Gator Game because you you don't often have like a forward direction when you're just like messing around as a kid mm-hmm. and just i think that stumbling into things is pretty neat (laughs) one thing you gotta know about scott to add some context to this is uh scott has beef with the uh link's awakening remake because it's not janky enough (laughs) that's the uh, that's the switch version right or the switch remake that they did uh about five years ago now right he's he's told me all about how the the old link's awakening has a certain scruffy aspect to it that that makes it endearing to them it feels like a weird indie game that like it feels like nintendo made an indie game and people just threw ideas in a hat and just shuffled them around and then used all the ideas in the hat to make a game out of it (laughs) and it's really endearing like that. It's like, yeah, well, sure, we'll have Goombas. We'll have Mario. Mario's in this, and you give him a mushroom, and then he's not a raccoon. It's weird. But I, the randomness of things that are happening makes it feel more lived in to some extent. <laughs> That's an interesting concept that I like a lot 
and it's it's hard to strike sometimes but just sorry completely off the cuff but you know how like everything in pokemon is about pokemon mm-hmm. and how everything in um i don't know like the the kingdom that's getting attacked by the dark thing everything is about the dark thing all the merchants are selling phoenix down everything is about that one crisis that's happening and then you know you go into the real world you live in the suburbs your whole life you step into one city or like one step out of state or anything and you're like wow there's a lot more going on than i ever would have realized and capturing like trying to find a balance between the focus of your story and the exactly what scott is describing that like lived in randomness is uh is a a challenge or a thought point or something it's important right it's like reading it's like reading a friend's screenplay who is solely focused on the plot and everyone's everyone's talking about hey the new kid in town the new kid in town or something Mm -hmm. something like that whereas in reality everyone would have their own weird thing going on that that weird kid might get brought up and they're like, Oh, Hey, look at this thing over here. And if you're listening to this and you're like, Oh man, now I'm not feeling so good about my screenplay. It's good to focus on that kind of thing. Sometimes Mm -hmm. if that's the story you want to tell, it's just like a specific feeling that you can get. And the way to go about it is by there being a lot of stuff going on that you never talk about. And I I say that as one of those kids that wrote that screenplay. (laughs) After the gate and was like, oh, yeah, I did that. <laughs> so it comes from a place of love. Uh, I didn't want to, I wasn't going to bring it up because I wanted the focus to be you guys, but the stuff going on with Unity, it's a hit for the smaller teams. Any thoughts on that or um, how how does that affect you guys going forward in supporting the little Gator game? And just, I mean, in general thoughts, because it's still so new to everybody and it's, I mean, not to mince words, but it's a crock of, crock of shit. For, for reference, the, the Unity announcement came out two days ago at, at the time of recording. Mm-hmm. And businessmen I, not knowing what the hell they're talking about and making bold claims is not only nothing new, but seems to be an epidemic. And uh, I don't know, we push back on it and they say, oh, and then nobody ever talks about it again. For us personally, I don't think it's going to affect us too much, uh, partially because we have the pro license because we were able to afford it. Uh, So we have a higher threshold that we would have to meet. But I, like, more than the details of the changes they're making, more than the, the, the fact that they're asking for more money at all, or whatever. I for me personally, I'm I I'm going to I'm going to learn Unreal Engine. <laughs> I've 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 been I've been doing things exclusively in Unity since 2013 for my whole like game development career and this is the thing that's making me like I should probably learn Unreal Engine. At this point, I, there's no guarantee, you know, they could walk stuff back if they even if they do walk stuff back. I think that I, I, 
speaking for myself and speaking from the general vibe that I'm getting from a whole bunch of developers out there, it's just a breach of trust. And it's hard to put your trust into a company that's going to completely change the licensing model that they're using with very little forward warning and and the fact that it's applying retroactively like you could have a game that was made in unity 3 and it's been on the market for 15 years and it would still it still applies to this thing maybe depending on what the lawyers say because there's still ongoing uh confusion there's still ongoing debate over who this actually applies to unity's asserting that it applies to everyone i don't know if that's the case but it's it's hard to say because unity themselves have been contradicting themselves with their statements like the statement they put out today contradicted the statement they put out yesterday <laughs> where Yesterday, they were saying, they said a few times in a few official statements that like, oh, streaming and WebGL, those would both count as installs for the install count figure. And then today, they came out with a statement that they were like, WebGL and streaming doesn't count towards the install figure. <laughs> it's madness. Just, just to clarify, just as, as a clarification and not as like a hey, we changed our minds. They're just like, hey, to clarify, those don't count towards the install figure. Cool. I wonder what else will change in a few days. Don't know yet. Well, and There's... from the outside looking in, it's crazy to me that all these developers who have games who have come, come out well past 1.0, I mean, we're multiple years into them, and they're like, oh, hey, by the way, you this, this applies to you too. That kind of just baffles the hell out of me. I'm working uh, with a, another team that's also being published by Playtonic, um, a video game called Elsie uh, that looks very cool and awesome. And they're, they're like gearing up for release. They're scrambling and trying to get everything done. And I mean, even if this was nothing to put this out on top of that, and, it's, and then you actually try to look into it and understand it, and it's just like, this doesn't make any sense this this goes beyond greed this is just silly uh, it's it's a lot to ask for people to walk with you after that yeah that's hope hopefully somebody near the top has a change of heart i mean i don't i don't see it happening because you know suits the guy at the top. having a heart didn't he wait the guy the guy didn't he didn't he cash in a bunch of his stocks like before the announcement? oh my <laughs> yeah he, he sold 2000 stocks like uh two weeks ago i i feel for you guys i i am sorry that that, that is going on and hopefully things come out on the other side better but i mean we'll we're all in the world right now so we'll <laughs> We'll see. The free excuse, market will do a thing, probably. The free market excuse, will free. Excuse to broaden my horizons in terms of my skill set. Yeah. I'm glad it's... I didn't learn any Unity. Just kidding. I know how to like go around in the engine and stuff. But... <laughs> Unity saw everyone learning Unreal Engine, uh, casting aside their old engines and like, hey, we want you guys to go do 
uh, Unreal also. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll get off that bummer. Uh, I did see recently that you guys announced uh, that Little Gator was making a cameo appearance in an upcoming game, Townseek from Wales and Games. Yeah, yeah. that's ex- that's exciting. How uh, how did that come about? They asked us, and we said yes. <laughs> Pretty much, it's that, it's that simple. I so <laughs> let me let me if I can talk for a moment about the the indie sphere. Um, when like everybody makes friends at work and you make a lot more friends from like work and school than you realize. Mm -hmm. And every indie gamer has a personal cave uh, with a giant rock in front of it and they can't leave. We can't leave our caves. We're not allowed. Uh, There's all manners of evil torture. (laughs) No, but it's, you know, there's only so many scenes and and places where you can uh mix bags and stuff like that um and so the the way to chat and to make cool stuff happen is to reach out and that's it and so they did and we were so over i was like ah this is wonderful this is so sweet what a what a wonderful nice kind thing to do and then they made the little gator drawing and it looks fantastic and and that was it you know that that's that's how it works when people who are cool talk to each other about a thing. That's how we got here today. Yeah, <laughs> cool people, Wee-hoo. cool people talking to one another. Uh, Scott, did you have anything you wanted to add on that? No, it was pretty much just well, partially it was because we had a bit of a connection with their being published by one of the publishers we were in talks with before we before we signed with platonic uh super and so and so we 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 were still on good terms with super rare and they were like sure reach out to us we were like sure why not and that's pretty much it i'm we're still on good terms with super rare i mean i it was a really hard decision (laughs) we like them a lot it was just between two very good choices. You guys saw Platonic and you're like, they need another green mascot. They need another one. <laughs> it's imperative. <laughs> they're building, hey, they're building the green mascot Avengers. We have to go over there. Yeah, the, the green reptile mascots did just work out perfectly. For the it. record, that was not part of the final decision, but it was, it was <laughs> a, a nice little boon at the end. They've got the green reptile market uh, cornered. Mm-hmm. We're, we're gonna go pri- we're gonna go public any day now <laughs> uh so i know we're just about out of time here i don't want to hold you guys much longer um but i did have uh one last question for you uh when was the last time you played and just in general like it doesn't have to be a game could just be something like if you enjoy reading and that's like your play time like yeah when's the last time you played been playing Pokemon trading card game on the Nintendo uh, Game Boy player. That game was hard. The game's... I really like it. It's... I don't know why. It's the simplest thing. It's just Gen 1 of the trading card game. It's... But it's, it's really endearing. It's got really good music. Yes, it I is. don't know. No, I know exactly what you're talking about because I played the heck out of that game. I never finished it, 
but it was like the truest like trading card video game I ever played because it was at a time where the Yu-Gi-Oh games weren't really like following the set rules. So like that Pokemon game was my escape. I I I I really like trading card game video games specifically because you don't have to pay the money, but you get to open the packs. Oh no. <laughs> like I and, and it's so frustrating that the current like Yu-Gi-Oh games that are being given all the money are Duel Links and and Master Duel, mm-hmm. both of which you have to pay the money to open the packs. And if you have to pay the money to open the packs, what's the point of it being virtual? Just pay the money to open the packs. Go to Walmart. <gasps> Do you guys remember when there were like um they first started caring about like AR scanners? I had, uh, I had, I never used it because I didn't have the proper equipment, but I had this device that would jack into a, um, a Game Boy Advance and you put like a leaf green cartridge in the top and you could swipe certain cards and stuff would happen in the game. I remember this. I also think the Digimon trading card game got into that a little bit, but you know, that one kind of, that one fell off really quick. Scott, I know what you mean by like the digital packs for real cash because I fell into a Gwent hole for a while. Uh, last no. year. I played so much Gwent and bought so many barrels, and now I just hang my head in shame anytime I think about Gwent. But it was fun. I'm not trying, I'm not trying to shame anyone. I play <laughs> I I play dual links still. Oh, it's a good time. time, time. It's a good time. I'm I'm not but, I don't want to shame anyone either. It's just they they get you. They get you. I give my brother I give my brother trouble about Genshin Impact and how they're like going to get him, but then I turn right around and buy barrels. So I I'm the problem. <laughs> I, I'm I'm just so basic for just like a Yu-Gi-Oh card game. Like I played those the Game Boy Advance Yu-Gi-Oh games like crazy be- because and it's not a complicated game. Like it was like Yu-Gi-Oh Seven Trials to Glory. You're in a town, you can run a walk up to people and duel them. You duel them and you get money and you go to the card shop and you buy packs and you just cycle that. It's the simplest, most basic trading card game structure, but it's what you want out of a trading card game structure. You just want to be able to experiment with duels and then go and get more cards so you can fill out a whole archetype and get that whole, make a deck out of that archetype and play with it until you unlock a new pack. And then you get a new archetype and you make a new deck out of it. And you just do that a bunch of times. What was your, talk about uh, that Scott, I, I, I don't want to get super personal with this private question. What was your archetype? In Seven Trials to Glory, after you beat the main quest, you could play like with unlocked decks so you wouldn't have like the limited or the forbidden cards you could just have as many of them as you wanted in your deck so i just had a completely broken exodia deck <laughs> that had three pieces of every piece it was full with sangan and which the black forest and everything you could win turn one pretty consistently it was ridiculous <laughs> Scott, I could I, talk. I could talk trading card. We could start a podcast about trading card games. That's how much I could talk with you about these. Connor, what about what about you? The original question. <laughs> the original. I just want to say real quick that um, you know, one th- one the other day I was or a while ago, months ago, I was playing a Pokemon game, and I was like, wow, this is 
this is just trainer battles. Like even a gym battle is just a trainer battle. And that's what this is. And so, yeah, a game really can just be have a Pokemon battle, catch Pokemon. Oh, you're in a new place. You don't really do anything in that new place except have trainer battles, catch Pokemon, go to the gym. And, and that's the Pokemon is beloved. It's uh, people love it. It's fantastic. So yeah, that, that, that simple loop uh, where a lot of other games are trying to be complicated and pepper in a bunch of other junk is, uh, is very powerful. Gotta As for the last time I've played, um, I like drawing pictures. I like uh, I played that Death Bolt video game, which was fantastic. Be playing LC when it comes out, and uh, I don't know. I could pull up my Steam page, but mostly just been hammering away on the stuff I've got to hammer away on. But uh, it's starting to look like there's more time. I play D and D on Sundays. And uh, I'm having a good time with that, but I really need to find a local game shop because what I really want to do is run D and i I'm a DM and I love running, but I uh, I don't know. It's like it's a busy season. I feel mm-hmm. like everybody's got something going on right now because uh, I keep getting turned down or somebody's got this going on, and uh, I just got to find some people who got nothing better to do and <laughs> get that ball rolling again. September in general just seems busy for like everybody. Cause I just yeah. had an improv show last week and maybe five people showed up. Wow. Didn't, didn't, didn't help that, uh, you know, it was opening night for the NFL. So, you know, we kind of had yeah. kind of had stiff competition, but whatever. Um, it's something in the moon, something on the TV, who knows, but hundred uh, percent. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to stay positive and keep poking people until I can get a full house again. And awesome. if that means making new friends, then I got to make new friends. Hey, they're always out there, folks lurking every which way. Uh, guys, this was a this was a great talk. Uh, before we head out, anything else you want to mention about Little Gator Game or where people can find it, where people can find you? We got a plushie. We got a soundtrack. We got a Twitter. We got uh, stuff coming out uh, as we're working on it. So you can, um, if you go to our Twitter page on Twitter, we have a link tree in the bio that you can grab. And uh, it's got, I'm, I keep it updated with all the coolest stuff. So buy a little Gator game, play a little Gator game, tell other people about little Gator game. Uh, that's that's what I got to say about that. And there, there's some additional things coming up for Gator game fairly soon. I think there's already, there hasn't been an official announcement yet, but I think there's already been some news articles running. Oh yeah, are we supposed to deny those <laughs> something? Uh, in, in any case, they um, yeah, man, they 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 being the everyone but us really doesn't like it when you say stuff that's gonna happen. So all we can do is just be really excited about it when it is. And I will. I will go Google for those articles, but we will we will be mum until then. Yeah, yeah. You keep your Googling fingers to yourself, listeners. We'll find out eventually. Guys, thank you so much. Congrats on the awesome game, the awesome year you've had with it. And uh, we look forward to seeing what you guys do next and hope all the best for you guys moving forward. Thank you very thank much, you so- Nick. It was lovely talking to you. 
Thank Thanks, you so Scott. much for having Thanks, us. Scott. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.